and welcome, folks, to episode. Oh, bugger. What is it? 59? Is it 59? I don't know, mate. To the latest episode of the Ministry of Nights podcast. We're <laughs> 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 getting worse. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Hang on, shh. We're a UK-based Dice Masters podcast talking about all things Dice Masters in the United Kingdom. I'm Chris, otherwise known online as the True Mr. Six, and with me today I have Andy, a.k.a. It's wacky, it's fun, it's crazy, it's outrageous. Finish <laughs> your dice, it's a whole lot of fun with prizes to be won. won. It's a real crazy show where anything goes. Finish <laughs> your dice, it's a quiz, it's a race, a real wacky place. Use your body and your brain if you want to play the game. <laughs> I've got a bit of a mullet at the minute, actually. I could do with that. host. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a deep cut for the British listeners, isn't it? It is. <laughs> it's woken everyone up on this uh, cold and blustery Monday morning. Yeah, it's been it's horrible, isn't it? Yeah. Is it 59? We, we check it now. I don't know. I'm a little bit exhausted after. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Andy's yeah, done. That's... That's me done for the day. That's it. Well, you've earned your you've earned your pay your pay there. You know what I mean. And I get paid. Uh, no. It is fifty eight. <laughs> not fifty nine. <laughs> it's fifty eight. All right. Well, welcome to episode fifty eight of the Ministry of Night podcast, ladies and gents. Oh my word! I'm a bit discombobulated because we're not recording on our normal night. We're not, are we? And also, in addition to that, our planned content has fallen through for a variety of reasons. It's gone down toilet fast. So, yeah, so we've had to hustle, hustle some content, dive deep into the reserve bench of Ministry of Dice podcast segments. Well, the first one's my fault because I went to Wings Wednesday this Wednesday, which is where <laughs> you can eat chicken wings, <laughs> which was amazing. Um, so I had to, to beg for the night off on Wednesday to go and eat chicken. And then the, the other thing And how many chicken wings did you consume? 19. 19? Double-jointed ones. Wow. Yeah, nice, nice. They're the better ones. Yeah, double, double the size. Yes. Wings Wednesday. Wings Wednesday. It sounds yep. awesome. I'm a big I'm fan done. of chicken wings, actually. Yeah, I like chicken wings. If you ever come down to Southampton, it needs to be a Wednesday. Hook me up. I'll take you to Wings Wednesday. A uh, little known fact for the listeners, actually. Ooh. Some years ago, while he was on his travels, Andy came across a white suit wearing erudite <laughs> southern gent on a bench one day. And uh, Andy's love of chicken wings has been with him for decades. You know, it's, it's, it's I think we could argue it's possibly your favourite food, isn't it? It's a long-standing love affair. Yeah, and Andy's mum, she has this incredible recipe, this incredible recipe for chicken wings. It's like this uh, this kind of spicy breadcrumb thing that she does. Um, I, I've I've partaken myself, of course, when I when I visit Andy's mum. And this white suit wearing, uh, he had a, a white beard. He looked a little bit like Father Christmas, I believe, according to what Andy told me. Anyway, and Andy shared with him some of his mum's chicken wings from this from this white tub. And I, I just thought that would be a lovely story to bring up to to reflect your general generosity. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. stole the secret recipe. Mm, mm, he did. I, sh- I shared it. And he stole it. I think it was your mum's mistake for leaving it on a little post-it note at the bottom of the, you know, the bag you were carrying the Tupperware of wings in. Schoolboy era. Mm. Yeah. Nice little story, that. Yeah, thank you, mate. Well, yeah, Wings Wednesday, and then, uh, yeah, some other stuff has come along to interfere with our planned content. But that's all right. They didn't want to speak to us. (laughs) 
Well, <laughs> yeah. I won't say anymore, but I didn't want to speak to us. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Should have asked JT. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> right through Mr. Six himself, getting a little mention on this. Uh, I this did. Week's, or I it won't did. be this week's when the science comes out, but you did on uh, Rolling Thunder. I did, that's right. They interviewed. So Rolling Thunder have got their latest episode out, and. JT Homash was their guest they were interviewing. And I think, what were they talking about? They were talking about when's the time to play Oh, yeah, your rose. Time to... Yeah. Red rose tree, Mr. Six is coming for you. Yeah, yeah, I think, um, I do wonder if those guys have got the, the wrong measure of me. He is coming for you, let me well, tell you that now. I'm really not. I'm really not. I'm anticipating some random jank from Jesco taking the top spot. Oh yeah. Mm. Brexit, you ain't gotta be able to go or come back. Well yeah, that's uh well don't that's not even that's worth thinking about that. Yeah. Political, isn't it? Yeah. But yes, Euros is coming up folks. So we've all been in practice mode, team building mode. I've been hustling around the ministry, getting my practice games in and having brewing chat, including my good man Mr. England here. Oh, and then Gaming versus Cancer's coming up as well, which has had us firmly in brewing mode as well. Yeah, I've been brewing with my man, through Mr. Six here. Mm. So, yeah, lots lots going on this side of the water and to, to get us all all set and ready for a little bit of, a little spurt of competitive energy. Yeah, you notice how, like, all the, the different social medias start to go a little bit quiet when people don't want to let go what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The yeah. Although I've no, I have I have become aware of a few a few of the European players prowling around, a little bit little bit more interested in uh, in like the Thursday night dice fight team lists than usual. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? The the game is afoot, as they say. Nice. That's from uh, Lord of the Rings, isn't it? Uh, is it? Might not be. I know. Maybe all the should. pieces are in place. Isn't that? A- Oh, nerds assemble. <laughs> Send us a message last night. <laughs> yeah, the game is a thought. I thought it was maybe a Sherlock Holmes Moriarty thing. Oh, that, that, yeah, I think you're right. Maybe. But I don't know if it's an Arthur Conan Doyle, you know, whether that was like a Benedict Cumberbatch version-y type thing. Anyway, the game is a foot, yeah. Um, so we've got two... Nice dice games, not foot game. Sure. <laughs> well, I mean, roll your dice with your feet. It, it, it might improve. I might try well, that. Improve, improve your rolling. Yeah. <laughs> See, an urgent and desperate need of rolling improvement. I was having a few practice games with Ben the other night, and uh, one of my teams just just would not roll up. The last thing I needed was shields, and all I could roll all game long was shields. It was ridiculous. Love a good shield. You do. You're a fan of shields. Yeah, I prefer fists, so. <laughs> yes, you do. You've got a very strange obsession with fisting. So, uh, yeah, two two kind of big competitive events uh, this side of the water coming up, so everyone's all kind of in brewing mode. But that's not the only thing that's going on. What have you been up to in this last two weeks, Mr. England? Oh, good question. Well, yeah, as you've said, tr- tinkering and trying out different things for uh, Gaming versus Cancer coming up on the 3rd of November 2019 at the Garden Court thing in Southampton University, Southampton. Yeah, I've, I've had a little bit more of a tinker. Do you know when you try something and then you change one card and you change another card and you change another card and eventually you change it all and it's back to where it started? 
<laughs> yeah, all too often. It's kind of what I've done. Um, <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, we've been recording the games. We will release the games after Euros and um, not UK Nats and let you see what we've been doing. It's not very exciting because we've been quite tired lately, haven't we? Yeah. So, mm. But um, give you some insight into how pros prep for a uh, important <laughs> tournament um the other thing i've been doing is just been collecting in lots of lovely lovely prizes for the gaming versus cancer tournament on the 3rd of november at southampton yeah um that's the 3rd of november at southampton mm-hmm. including a sealed copy of <sighs> trouble in water deep campaign box which isn't going to be out until december i've got one in my lounge yeah yeah I opened it though because we are giving it away. I know I've got I got nothing to say to you on that one. Chris wanted to keep it. I said no. Think of the kids, the kids with cancer. Think of them. They could benefit from this. I, I did want to keep it. it. It was given to us like you know the whole premise of it was you can use that on the podcast if you want. <laughs> no. All right. No. Well, charity, I, mate. I'm I, all about charity. That's fair. That's fair. It is for a good cause. Absolutely. You can wait two months. I will wait two months. You I'm going to have to now. Yeah. yeah. As well as lovely, lovely prizes. We have a, let's do a rundown. Uh, we have got a beautiful uh, bespoke dice bag made by Joss Stitch. Uh, that's Joss Stitch. Search her on Etsy. Spelled J-O-T-E. Uh, that is uh, a fantastic prize. We have got, what else have I got in this beautiful prize? Uh, the promos, we've got loads of promos. Loads of promos. I'm trying to wangle some free water bottles from my boss at work. I'm sure there'll be people lined up to start playing for them. Um, <laughs> uh, we have got uh, we have got something that I've not released on the Facebooks yet. You might see it if I could be bothered to put it up before this episode comes out. But what was the prize at Worlds? What was the main prize at Worlds? Uh, It was the Yu-Gi-Oh! factory set. Now, what would you say? What would you say if I could offer the same thing for UK Gaming vs. Cancer, not National Dice Masters Championships 2019? But it's not got a box. Well, I'd say I imagine there's still plenty of collectors out there who'd be very excited at the prospect of owning a Jinzo a blue eyes, a red eyes, a morphin jar, um, a, of course the baby dragon, a doom caliber knight, a lord of D, and all, uh, of course, injection fairy Lily. Let's not forget Lily. Well, I can say that because we do have one, uh, a factory set just without the factory part. So full set <laughs> of Yu-Gi-Oh uh, for you, including. Blame. the paper bags that would have come in the campaign not no in the starter set yes the rule book mm. the dice i need to count the dice just to double check uh all the cards including super rares and a Yu-Gi-Oh mat yeah unbelievable jeff unbelievable indeed i've worked out how we're going to do the prizing yet but that will definitely be one of the top prizes although mm, 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 you know We've got a range of custom art from Shoe Art himself. Cool. Yes, he's been working hard to get us some blank art cards and uh, more additional, I believe. 
My local store, Element Games, is making some arrangements for us. They're going to get some stuff down there too. Uh, we've got uh, foils. We've got Super Spies promos, Stark Industry promos, Died Sidekick dice. Have we? Yeah, they're in the box I've got upstairs. That's, that need, I need to get down to you. Yeah, you better be quick. Yeah. It's all right. I'll send it down That's... to the lads. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And, of oh. course, the coveted oh. Ministry of Dice wooden spoon well you might as well just give that to uh, michael Ryder. <laughs> oh, okay yeah, i'll do that i'll do that <laughs> save a bit of time yeah game game versus cancer the prize pool I'm, I'm actually getting increasingly jealous that i can't make it down there especially when i'm looking at the stuff that's being laid on i know mate i haven't released the half of the stuff that i've got <laughs> yeah and well i know that absolutely there's some tremendous bits and bats so yeah absolutely folks if you're able to make it over to there uh please do but however it's not the uk national championship oh no no oh no 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 some might say that but, but we wouldn't say that no no absolutely not yeah uh, so then Euros at the end of the month and, and then oh just speaking of charity events of course we'd be remiss not to mention Andy May and Troy Miller's charity thing taking place the same know, weekend is it? yeah but they ain't got a trouble in water deep set though Meh. no they've got, they've got some uh, Avengers Infinity boxes and a load of uh, team packs and what not so there's, cool. there's stuff going on there's stuff it's yeah. not as good as the UK stuff no, naturally. For once, for once. For once. Yeah, naturally, yeah. yeah. So uh, cool. tap them up on Facebook, folks, and find out a little bit more about what they've got going on. Yeah. Charity. Dice Masters for charity. That's what we're all about. Charity, mate. Charity. Mate. Yeah, very good. Very good. Anything else? Middle 20 thousand? Wings Wednesday. Well, of course, yeah. Stand that was good. Uh, no, not really. Apex, playing a bit with that. That has been fun. Shooting people, Halloween event, running around like a zombie, that's cool. I'm not into it. No, you said you didn't like it. No, yeah, I'm not into it, I can't, I can't, I don't know why, I just can't kind of get, get my head around it. That's about it for me. All right, fair enough. How about you? Uh, so, let me think. Uh, down at Element Games, it is modern, uh, we've been playing modern. The, certainly the guys who are heading down to Gaming versus Cancer again brewing mode everyone's practicing their teams for the event the big event um, and I've been practicing my teams for Euros so it's been modern down at the game store uh, I joined the uh, the Canadian folk on their team of the month event oh how were the Colonials over the weekend yeah they were well they were well uh, good time good good time hanging out with those folks as always so thanks for the games guys i enjoyed that uh it was a single affiliation they were night they were doing so i played my bat family team with my unblockable robin oh i like that one yeah i like it it's too slow though man yeah but it's fun it is fun yeah it keeps getting beaten but i like playing it so it's you know it's fun to play so the losses don't cut quite so deep you know um so that, that was fun um just a bit of an all night ended up being a bit of an all-nighter though because I mixed, I mixed up the time zones and got things a bit skewy. Yeah, you know, here's what it is. Um, what else? That's about it, really, actually. I played uh, in non-Dice Masters Front. I've been playing a bit of The Mind with the kids again. They like that one and a bit a bit more cockroach poker. Well, did you know that The Mind, that was the uh, number one game of last year? Game of the year, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
right, well, uh, let's let's crack on with the episode then and tell the folks what they can expect to hear. What can they expect? We, we don't know yet. We're not entirely sure. <laughs> let's see what happens. But we're going to have a, a bit of a conversation about team building. So um, I'll explain in the segment, but a little bit of a brewing kind of challenge presented itself to me and kind of started off a bit of a thought process and that's going to inform one of the segments then what was the other one coming from Dust, behind no <laughs> dustin diamonds dirty dice oh that's right we're going to talk about overpowered golden cards Ooh, yeah right. an exciting chat for sure uh, and then it's been a while but i've i've done a i've prepped a, one of our classic mod top tens for you folks this week as well Exciting. Yeah, I'll dust, put... dust off the, the, the little theme tune for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not done one of those in a little while, so I've got one of those lined up for you. And that should bring us to the close of the episode. So um, We hope. We hope, yeah. Without further ado, I think let's let's crack on and, and dive into it. Enjoy the show. Well, there we are then. Welcome back, folks. And uh, this segment now. Well, to, I'll put it into context, shall I, Andy? That should take us up to the hour mark, yes. Yes, I will put it. Thank you. What are you trying to say? Are you trying to say I go on a bit? <laughs> we need to try and explain it. Yeah, well, I think this is going to be part of the problem. And, you know, I'll warm the waters on that front now is that this started life as an article I was writing for BritRoller6.com. And then I was struggling to articulate it in the written words. So I said to Andy, well, maybe we should talk about it. So we had a bit of a kind of brief chat about what the segment could be about, and we're not entirely convinced I'm going to be able to articulate it verbally either. I'm still trying to process what you mean. Yeah, absolutely. So let's see where we go. But to put it into context, I've been working on my teams for Euros, and as I mentioned in the intro, I've been out and about across the ministry, speaking to the congregation, talking brewing ideas, getting practice games in. And in one instant message conversation with our world champion, Ben Scott, we were talking about the need to control my opponent's global usage. I'm not going to tip my hand too much, but keen-eared listeners will be going, oh, right, okay, he doesn't. I might perhaps not like the idea of people using things like static field against me in my in my planned strategy. So Ben's a big you fan. Imagine, you imagine the in-depth discussion between the true world champion and, and the world champion. <laughs> Absolutely. Just, just dive deep into that. Analyt- <laughs> and, 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 and I can't even say it. Analytics and, and analysis. You well, edit that bit. I sound like a knob. Okay. Uh, maybe, maybe not. We'll, we'll see. Um, <laughs> but Ben's a fan for global control. Ben's a fan of the nefarious broadcast action. It served him well at the World Championship, and he's recommending that. I, on the other hand, am saying I think I might go for the Wonder Woman, the global Wonder Woman. And it just kind of got a bit of a thought process going, because I justified myself to Ben by saying, you know, my bag management is so awful, and it's, it's like a weak weakness of mine, that using nefarious broadcast I'm not as confident with, because I'm not so great at getting it, getting stuff back around for when I need it. Whereas Wonder Woman, I can purchase her, drop her in the field, and yes, she's more expensive, and yes, she's probably not the best choice out of the two, but she's the best choice for me because I can use her better. And that's where my kind of thought process kicked off because I think there's there's something of a, a sort of an, an accepted wisdom that in order to do well in the game, there are certain things you absolutely have to master and practice, and there's meta choices that you'd be fool not to make. And I'm starting to wonder if that's maybe not the case. That actually, I'd rather have a card that does 80% of what I want, but I'm able to use it well, than have a card that does 100% of what I want, but I'm just useless at using it. And that's what I'd like to talk about. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that that was that was the that's the contextual piece. So I suppose what I'm arguing is uh, I called the article the title of the article that I was writing was "Rolling to My Strengths." See what I did there. I like that. Thanks, mate. Yeah, you're taking a little like page out of my book. With yeah, yeah, with naming the titles. Yeah, so we'll we'll keep that as the name of the segment. Roll into my strengths. So I went on then to talk about, and I will go on to talk about now this idea that like so, like bag management is just a thing I can't get my head around. I just can't do it. I'm rubbish at it. I can just about. I've kind of through practice and determination, I've kind of just about got three turns worth of bag management in me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, buy one, buy another, and then prep it. Yes, absolutely, because it's that it's that straightforward and that simple. But just general bag management through the course of the game is just something I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it. I just can't master it. I just can't do it. And so strategically, in terms of my team building, I could either just keep banging my head against the wall trying to master a thing that I just can't get my head around, or I make slightly different card and dice choices that might not necessarily be fully optimal, but I know I can do something with them. You know what I mean? I do. Well, the, the, the example you've given, which is nefarious broadcast against Wonder Woman, they've both got pros and cons, haven't they? Yeah. So nefarious broadcast is cheap. It's two cost. It's basic action. And what you're trying to do is cut off them being able to use globals at the end of your turn, really, isn't it? Until the end of my turn. Yeah, so, so you want to do all your globals, cut them off so they can't do anything afterwards, so they can't do any shenanigans with prepping a dart, uh, not really prepping dice, but like fielding a sidekick. Or interfering with my attack step. Yeah, static field, uh, force attack, uh, those kind of things. You, you're cutting them off. They're cutting off those things that try and disrupt your, your ebb and flow and, and what you're trying to do. Yes. Um, that's a, a big pro. Con is that obviously your your opponent can buy it and do that to you. Yes. Um, and you've got to it's an action dice, so it's not a constant like character in the field. So you've got to be able to churn it through and ha- have it when you need it. Whereas Wonder Woman costs more, which is a a negative. Does she cut off? What does she do? Uh, she. Oh, hang on, let me bring her up on the sidekick app. I think uh, it's something like it's Child of Clay, isn't it? That's the one that does the globals. I think you are right. <laughs> hey, former national champion here. I know my shish stuff. Ah, uh, yeah, here you go. While Wonder Woman is active, global abilities activated by your opponent cannot target character dice you control. Cool. So, you know, you've, you've got the positive. It's in the field. It's going to not only it's going to be a defender. It's going to you know be an, an extra kind of uh, lump if you want in the field. Uh, it's going to stop things being targeted. It's not going to stop things like uh, your opponent fielding a sidekick or um, that from the Professor X Global or anything else that's not directly targeting you. Nope. Nope. So they could still potentially kind of keep ramping, whereas Nefarious Broadcast there, they're not going to be able to. So that's, you know, a bit of a con. It's, uh, what else is it? It's more expensive. I think I've said that already. It's going to be there constantly. So, you know, both sides, there's pros and cons to it. So you, what you're saying if I could be right, Your Honour, is that your bag management isn't your strongest part of your game, so you might not get it when you want it. So if you've got Wonder Woman out there, the negatives of, okay, they might be able to ramp, but with the team I've got, it's more important that I don't get targeted. Yeah. I constantly say that that's not going to happen. Yeah. 
Absolutely, and I'm very consciously aware of static fields, uh, magic missile, just stuff that can interfere with what I'm planning on doing. Mm. So she might not be optimal, like say, I can't get in the way of mimic ramping going on, mimic PhD stuff, which would be you know, great, but that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make because I know I can use Wonder Woman better than I can use Nefarious Broadcast. This is a valid point, mate. I suppose it also depends on what, what team you're running. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, there's, I suppose there is more, you know, more layers to that. So if a Wonder Woman doesn't roll, I've got masks in the pool to spend. If Ferris Broadcast doesn't roll, it's generic energy. Mm. I can't do a great deal with, you know, um, or not as much with. So that there's that kind of point of view and how that kind of ties together. Having an extra character might not be the worst thing for my team, especially one with a, an affiliation, you know. <laughs> So there's you know there's there's stuff and nonsense to do there, and that's that's particularly nice when you when you can set your control piece up so that it ties into your win condition as well. Yeah. So if, looking back at, at teams we've played in the past, so you you are very much a collector man. We all mm. know that collector doesn't really bode that well to churning through your your bag because you don't need to. Yeah, absolutely, and that's I think that's. <laughs> I think Excuse that's me. almost the the prime example of me kind of trying to cut this weakness out of my game in a way because I am definitely attracted to cards like the Collector or if I'm using actions, I like stuff like Throne Brick or things with Boomerang, <laughs> you know, that like Batarang. I used to love that because you had just that 50-50 shot of it going into the prep area and I didn't have to worry about churning it around, you know. Um, but yeah, the Collector's a great example of that because I'm cutting out the bag management piece. Yeah, and I can use just get him in the field, and he's doing a job for me. Well, the flip side to thinking of a of a team. So if you have got something that turns through my mimic, for example, I like mimic. I play with mimic on my last uh, foray into mm. UK Nats, where I was undefeated, and um, he turns everything through. It's not often you have to use your bag, so having a fairest broadcasting team like that less so much of an issue. So I think it d- depends if if depends on what kind of team you're playing or what kind of teams you're comfortable with playing. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, I'll give you another example. The, one of the reasons I think why direct damage appeals to me greatly is because I'm a particularly tentative player and I'm not I, I'm not very good with that kind of aggro, the, the kind of attacky, you know, again, it's just something that, even though I've, I've dabbled in teams like that in the past, I just don't have it in me. It just doesn't seem to be a way I'm programmed unless I can make that control contribute to a win condition, I suppose, Um, which is kind of like what I used to do with Colossus or what the collector does, you know, all my controls villains. So they all count towards the, you know, to the thing. So I think that might be one of the reasons why I'm kind of sort of into direct damage because early days I used to have a kind of sweet attacky combo thing that I lined up, but I'd always be like one or two damage short of lethal and I couldn't quite make it work. And then I'm waiting for something to come round and you know what I mean? So yeah. I've just, and I know you've bounced me about it before, but I do kind of go, well, I hate the attack step. So I'm just going to play around it. You know, eliminate no, it from thought, the equation. Cause you hadn't, you hadn't read the rule book for a while. You just forgot there was one on your turn. Well, no, I think what I'm saying is I've actively decided that the attack step doesn't need to exist anymore. <laughs> you know, but I, don't, I know we joke about it, but actually, genuinely, I've gone, well, do you know what? Cards like the Collector that let me kind of sit back, control the field, no bag management required. <laughs> I've got my stuff out, and I don't have to worry about, you know, all this attacking and defending nonsense. 
doing maths and all that bollocks. <laughs> I can just do what I need. And I think that's probably why I played, you might remember, our very first Nationals encounter. It was Human Torch. I do remember that. I had Human Torch too. Oh, yeah, true. There you go, see. There you go. Yeah, Human Torch. Mine was a swarm team with Human Torch in it. Just death by a thousand cuts. Or, you know, I've talked about my love of Colossus before, and that, again, is the same sort of thing. Drop him in the field. He's doing a job, and he makes everything else kind of contribute. And I don't have to worry about churning things through my bag because I just put him in the field, you know? Well annoying. Uh, it is, yeah. Collector, again. So it's just another example of that kind of roll into my strengths. That So, you know, I'm not, I'm never going to be great with a fix-it team guy gardener just couldn't get me head around it i'm just i just don't have that aggro programming in me it's not something i'll ever master so i've kind of just sacked off trying to master it you know what i mean i'm just rolling to my strengths i'm just leaning into it you know and i think that the whole point of that is like you know turning the volume up on what i'm good at and really maximizing that stuff and trying to turn the volume down on the stuff that i'm not so good at and trying to minimize its impact it has on my game so how do you go about like team building then um, look at something that you do. You look at something and go, that looks cool, or do you look at something and goes, that's going to work to my strengths? Yeah, well, a combination of the two, really. So we, uh, you know, it's no secret to listeners of this podcast that at my local game store we play a lot of theme events. So we get together every Tuesday night, and we usually pick a random theme for that Tuesday night. And it, you know, it could be really random. It can be like all your dice have got to be the same color. Or all your dice have got to be translucent, or you're only allowed cards of the same affiliation, or everything's got to cost five or more, and you're not allowed PHG. You know, just stupid stuff like that. So sometimes something will just capture my imagination from playing those theme nights that I then say to, well, I want to try and do something with that in a proper modern constructed context, you know, or from a draft. That's another example of where that's come from. Um, but that said, I'm naturally drawn to things that are going to play to my strengths. So if I'm drafting or I'm building a random theme team, I will go, right, where's the direct damage opportunity in, in this? Because I don't want any of that attacking nonsense. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, there, there is something there is something about that, definitely. that It, it influences my team building, for sure. And I'll... You know, I'll I'll go for a twenty turn strategy. I'll hit you with one point a turn for twenty turns, and then the next step is trying to figure out, you know, again playing to my strengths. I work well with that type of team type, so turning the volume up on it. Um, if I need to kill you in twenty turns with twenty cuts, then how am I going to get it out quicker? How can I double it? Well, you know that type of stuff. Yeah, how can I stop getting hit back? Yeah, absolutely. Which again is why I lean into control so much. So I'm just kind of rolling into my strengths. And I think that's the thing why, you know, I said when when I got the Rest of Worlds champion, I think it was even on the recording, on the podcast, I said, I think it's just a great example of, you know, if you if you know your team, you've done your practice and you play into your strengths, it, it just goes to show that you can still kind of, you know, win an event or do reasonably well, okay-ish, um, even though you might not necessarily be playing the most optimal top-tier team. Oh, yeah, I mean, your 100 games philosophy, that's where that kind of comes in. So you know your team, you're good with your team, you practice, you know, and run it. You are going to beat someone who's just picked up a Atom or an Iceman or anything like that uh, and had a couple of goes of it. You've, you've given yourself a massive advantage because you know what to do, you know the little pivots, you know what, mm. you, know, you know, at this point I'll buy X because it's going to do Y and things you, you you learn when you give it the extra 
99 games. Yeah, sure. And, you know, I, I'm certainly <coughs> a, a convert to the, the, you know, the 100 games philosophy. However, I, I think I would still argue that I could play 100 games of, uh, what's, a, what's a classic sort of combat aggro, uh, you know, like a sidekick, like an Atlantis sidekick build. Yeah. I could play 100 games and I, I still wouldn't get my head around it. I'd still find ways of it going wrong that would, wouldn't be related to my roles or the matchup. It would just be me, you know, doing ridiculous misplays. So I think there's something about, um, you know, the Anders Ericsson 10,000 hours of practice uh, model that things like the 100 Games philosophy is built off the back of. They actually argue, they don't just say practice, they say deliberate practice. So you have to be practicing with a purpose um, and you have to be, you know, capitalizing on your strengths. And there has to be a certain element of passion and interest and dedication and commitment in the first place. So, you know, one of the things I put in the article actually was I can imagine someone having a really miserable time if, for example, that what they love about what they love to play doesn't actually marry up with what they're good at. <laughs> you know, yeah. you can have a really miserable time and it doesn't matter how, I mean, I'm sure we all know that there's a, that triad down at the game store who comes back week after week after week and likes a certain way of playing and builds teams for a certain way of playing. But can't do it. Yeah. And it doesn't matter yeah. how many, how many games they play. So, you know, the, I think the hundred games of practice philosophy is, is rock solid, but I think there's something, you know, you could just strip down Ben's world championship team, net deck it and play it hundred times before a big event. But I actually think that if that team's not suited to you and your style and your, your thought process is now you play a team, then it, then it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Uh, it still probably do well with it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You might not do that extra mile. Yeah, absolutely. And so I want to be very clear. I'm not diminishing the hundred games because clearly I'm an advocate of getting your gaming practice in the, the whole, this whole conversation started because I was you know, talking to Ben about teams before we were lining up uh, a little practice session we had last week. But I think there's something about, you have to kind of sort of sit back and say, it's not just as simple as going, that's the meta team, so I'm going to play that. Or, you know, that's that's the power card. I'm going to, I'm going to throw that on my team. Although clearly we've seen people have success with that too. But I think there's something about saying, what type of player am I? And not what, you know, am I a Johnny, a Timmy or a Spike? That's, you know, that's too high level actually getting down into the nitty gritty of saying, you know, where, where do my play strengths lie? And where do I, where do my passions lie with it? And how do I tie all that together to make a team? And do you know what? I'm actually making a card choice that some people would, would kind of scrunch the face up a, a little bit and say, really? But actually I'm going, yeah, really, because that, that suits me. It might be slightly less optimal, but it suits me. I mean, I don't know. I'm just just putting it out there, I suppose. Yeah, it's a very good good concept. Let's know what our listeners think. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, at the point of Kingpin now, I've waffled on enough about it, but yeah, just get in, get in touch, folks. I'll be inter- I think it's an interesting dialogue. Um, you know, there, there has been this accepted kind of wisdom that you know, to be successful, you have to have mastered ramp, mastered bag management and churn, mastered this, mastered that. Like, there's a kind of short list of, of mastery. If you can't pin those down, you're never going to quite get to the heady heights. But I'm, I'm not sure that's necessarily the case. I think there's something about saying what what do you what do you enjoy playing, what are you actually good at playing. Now find the best way of making that work, you know, and keep at it. <laughs> it won't happen. Practice, overnight. practice, practice. Yeah, 
but deliberate practice practice with a purpose practice with intent you know practice, practice with a passion yeah because practice doesn't make perfect it makes permanent so if you're practicing badly you're just going to make bad practice lock in wow is this what you like at work yeah, that was actually... It was, not it? <laughs> That's a fair point. Um, so, yeah, ooh, ooh, let's stop all this. That was a little insight. The window opened a little bit there, folks, and you saw a bit of um, a bit of professional Chris creeping in there. I'd fallen asleep, which is exactly what I'm like at work. Yes, yeah, yeah there you go. Well, thanks for that compliment, number one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah, I am waffling on, though, but I, I would be interested to know what people think. I think it's a, an interesting an interesting conversation to have so please do get in touch and let me know do you think there's something in what i'm saying am i just is this just usual true mr six chunnering bollocks kind of stuff is there something i'm missing that you know that maybe i shouldn't be that could be the difference between me coming third at a nats or coming first i don't know but i'm deep in team building mode and i think that's what's got me thinking about it Yes, welcome back, boys and girls. And for this next segment, now we're gonna—I suppose we're gonna sort of stick in that sort of brewing, kind of thinking about cards space that we're we're clearly in at the moment. Uh, and this segment, what did you call it? Well, I gave you the choice of three different segments we could do. <laughs> yeah. You weren't keen on brutal fisting. No, no, I wasn't. No, you vetoed. Just wasn't in the mood. Yeah. You know. <laughs> You've you vetoed ruined from behind. Um, and that left Dustin Diamond's Dirty Dice. Dustin Diamond's Dirty Dice. And what is the concept of Dustin Diamond's Dirty Dice? It's a look back at the most OP golden cards. Yes. And why are we thinking about OP golden cards right now? Because they're dirty. <laughs> <laughs> and it rhymed with Dustin Diamond and Dice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose we've been looking at golden cards for global escalation, although I suspect... I think my choice is on the ban list anyway, but yeah. So yeah, we're just going to present what we believe to be our two most dirty golden cards. Yeah. And I'm a bit of an atter about them. Why not? The dirtiest ever. Go on then. I'm interested to see if you chose the same as me because we're not really prepped too much. So. No, okay. So you want me to go first? Yes, go on then. Okay, well I have chosen Lantern Ring Limited Only by Imagination. Dirty, dirty, and good because that's not what I chose. Yeah, it is a dirty card though, isn't it? It's a really dirty card. So I remember really vividly. Do you remember Sai? He used to play with me down at Element Games. Sai with the beard. Yeah, bald head with the beard. Uh, a, a, a lovely lad. Um, he's not. He's not playing so much anymore. But some of you folks might remember him on the scene a couple of years ago. And Sai and I were just getting together at Element Games. It was only the two of us just doing, just playing some teams' casual fun. And I'd kind of. I dropped limited by only by imagination on my team, but I hadn't really realised the power of it at that point. We were just playing around with new cards, and I'd put that, and I think I was using, you know, those shield agents from Age of Ultron, the two cost bolty ones. Yeah, I quite like them. Yeah, and I've kind of made like a bolty list, and I can't remember why they were good. I think you could re-roll them or something. They they tied in well with Phil Coulson if you had him, oh, or they? a version you might have had him on a team. Sure, yeah, no, this was all about, I think they re, I'd have to go back and look, but I think they re-rolled themselves, so I'd, I'd get them in the field, and then when I was ready, I'd re-roll them to try and get them back as fists. Um, actually, I'll look it up now, because th- there was definitely a thing I was doing, it was a bolt theme, limited by only by imagination, and a bolt theme. Uh, okay, well, so when you're looking for that, I'll give the uh, the rundown on Lantern Ring 
limited only by imagination. Uh, it is a it's a forecast bolt. Bear with me. I'm also flipping <laughs> looking for it. Uh, here we go. Uh, forecast bolt. Yeah, I was right. Uh, it was a rare. It was a c- continuous, although I'm not sure if it was named continuous back then. No, they um, rotted, yeah. And it's while active, when your character attacks, they deal one damage to target player or each e- for each energy symbol in your reserve pool that matches their type. And it also had an affiliation, the Green Lantern affiliation, although I never... I think there was a, a way you could uh, abuse that, but I can't remember now. But it was, it was nasty. It was yeah, nasty, yeah. Nasty, nasty. So I found the shield agent. It uh, it was Age of Ultron. It's uh, On its burst side, it said, during your roll and re-roll step, you may re-roll any number of shield agents or Avenger character dice. So I think what I was doing, and it was a two-cost bolt, was I was buying loads of these cheap bolt characters that were either Avengers or obviously the shield agents themselves. And then using the shield agents game text to re-roll a load of them to fill my field with bolts suddenly. Nice. That um, cheap Iron Man was a uh, bolt, wasn't he? From Age yeah, as well. Yeah, I can't. Re- um, I was looking just now to see if I still had the list on my on, on my psychic app, but I've long since deleted it. But yeah, I just um, and then, and then obviously from that point on i kind of realized its power and it became very meta popular i think the the way to it became very popular with there were kind of mask based builds that were making heavy use of morphing jars and multiple man yeah swarming multiple man so there was kind of mask driven lists and i think there was a few people who sort of dabbled into kind of using uh, fist swarmers like the kobold and the goblin to make a sort of fisty yes. fisty kind of build but it, you know, super overpowered. I think you know, I've definitely seen people tap out at like 30, 40, 50 damage in one swing, kind of thing. Just ridiculous kind of damage with a couple of characters in the field, and then just a rook ton of your your, your selected energy sitting in the reserve pool. Fifty might be a bit of an exaggeration, and obviously it appeals to me because I'm a direct damage kind of guy, so it suits me on that front. You can. I suppose in relation to what we were just talking about, you could drop it in the field and wait until you're ready. Yeah. Um, or if you were so inclined, you could just chip away. You didn't, you know, you didn't have to go for the one turn kill with it. it, it you could just do a, a nice solid five hit, nice solid five hit, nice solid five. You know, just really put the pressure on. It's funny because I took the multiple man and lantern ring team to worlds. I don't know if I told you I went to worlds back in 2017. Did you go to worlds? Yeah, before the before the game died. Um, to I went to, uh, to, to, to Wales. I will tell you about it sometime. And I ran that team, uh, and so did a lot of other people. Uh, in fact, there's a video which thankfully now has is, is been destroyed um, <laughs> uh, that, that you can see the former German national champion beat me um, uh, as we both played pretty much exactly the same team. Uh, so, well, that's... You know, fond memories of that, that, that team. That's that's interesting, really, because um, it it wouldn't be a build that I would traditionally say was your, you know, in your wheelhouse. No, well, what happened is I played the Ultraman team, won won UK nationals uh, that year. Um, if you didn't know, uh, and and then the day before <laughs> US Nats and Wells, they brought in rotation. Yeah, took, took away all the the, the nice stuff I've been using, so. Uh, I had to. I had a few weeks to try and backpedal and see what was 
what was the most likely thing for me to do well with. And in, in hindsight, I may have gone a little bit too safe with it because that was very much what a lot of people played. And a lot of the canny people then built teams to counter that, which was which was nice. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it was very popular at that time. Yeah, not, not particularly my uh, cup of tea, although I did make my way to the top 32. <laughs> uh, how many? Oh, it was quite a few, actually. There was quite a few that year, wasn't there? Yeah. There was, it was loads. There was loads of people there. It was quite daunting. The mm. young fellow making his way across the Atlantic. <laughs> With nothing but a top hat and a monocle to his name. <laughs> top cat, yeah. <laughs> monocle and uh, dice box. <laughs> Tell yeah. you what, customs gave you some proper weird looks when you've got a, what, I can't remember what they're called. The, what are the Zen bin? The Zen bin full of dice and cards in your in your rucksack it's like what 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 are you <laughs> yeah what is this what is this some yeah. kind of <laughs> explosive thing? what kind of weird things going on here <laughs> yeah, why are you coming to this country uh, i don't want to admit it there's people behind me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. don't be don't be ashamed of your nerd nerd cred man hey never ashamed always embarrassed <laughs> cool yeah yeah good choice nasty card yeah yeah i think it's just uh we obviously don't see it a great deal anymore it's um i think it's on the ban list for global escalation which is why it's not really it's ugly head there's kind of a bit of a nerfed version now with the green lantern is it human green lantern human is it i thought it was green arrow uh, no green it's green lantern definitely oh, okay green lantern. so it's the that kind of way of dealing damage is still kind of on the scene but it's been nerfed a bit because it's been restricted to justice league affiliations and a more expensive character to do it um but yeah there you go there's my there's my diamond dirty dice dustin diamonds dirty dice that, that yeah that <laughs> so what about yours chief what 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 have you selected well i've i've selected the card that i'd say that many would say would be responsible for the dip in players. Oh, here we go. And that is the one. I wonder what this could be. The only half elf bard, Master Lords Alliance. Oh, Jesus. Just freaking Eight, outrageous. 18 months of the same team <laughs> being built for every tournament that there was. And like, we did have tournaments back then as well. It was lovely. Um, <laughs> and he is a four cost shield. With the good and Lord knows what that is affiliation. Uh, he's got experience, but it didn't matter. And his text is when half elf bard attacks, each attacking character gets plus one attack and plus one defense for each of your other different character die. And you know what? Reading it, you wouldn't really think it's all that. You really yeah. wouldn't. It was. It, I'm sure it missed like 90% of our radars. And then I think some chappy went to um, Mexican Nationals. Uh, that had been back in like 2016. I think that was the first one. And literally managed to make a team that broke people's noses. <laughs> like, the whiplash from the... <laughs> li- literally just destroyed them. And it's crazy. So it's plus one attack, plus one defense. For every cat, oh, every character gets it. Just needs another character in the... Uh, in the field it was different character wasn't it so if you had no it wasn't it was just just every character so if you had two bards it doubled jesus because it's a when attacks ability i just remember 
I just remember building for, I think it was UK Nats that year, and going, do you know what? I ain't, there's no way I'm going to the top. I can't. That's just not. That's just spoiling Frumble. I don't want to get into. So. Yeah, it, it, that, that year, 2016, I think it, it came onto the radar. Uh, ben obviously did really well to it, won the uh, run the whole thing. Yeah, that's the um, year Paul Fulwood came second. But it was, that it, was a bad yeah. team, yeah. But it was very, very, very close that that came out before UK Nats. Because I remember I, I had that Johnny Storm team with Gobby and Serena and mm. Jade Giant. And so people had it, but people kind of just threw it on a team as a bit of a, an extra. Uh, and it wasn't really, I think, our man, Mr. Scott, has to, to take a lot of the blame uh, for doing <laughs> so well with it. Uh, and also, um, I don't think people give him enough credit, but he was the one that woefully matched imprisoned with uh, oh, yeah. with, with, with the Bard as well. Uh, and and so all, all you would play, I'd, no word of a lie from... When was it? When was it? That's that June time, wasn't it? From June 2016 up until tail end of 2017 was Elf Thief, Oracle, Bard, Imprisoned, with PXG, Rip Hunter's Chalkboard. What was the other bad boy one? Blue Eyes. Yeah. And it would it would just it was quick, it was brutal. The elf thief disrupted your opponent, the oracle made globals really hard, and when you had PXG out, that was extra painful. And that's what we had, people just smacking against each other. Looking back with rose tinted glasses, I had a lot of games with Bard. B said uh Ben said Scott um uh, with it, which is a which is a nice little win. But yeah, as, as someone think that was the most broken thing that I think we've ever seen. Yanti may be very, very close. It was mental. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I, and I, I remember. I'd definitely say that if you got some new guys, I know we've got, got new guys that are listening and you've never had a play around with it. Have, have a go. No, don't. Have a go. Go on. <laughs> you'll make yourself miserable. <laughs> or, or you'll make the people you're playing miserable. <laughs> Just to see how mental it is. Oh, and it's, it was it's, gross. There's a lesson on reading a card and thinking about what it does. Because, yeah, I'd say like the majority of people went, oh, yeah, plus one attack. But when you actually sit down and think about it and how much it actually can stack up, it's crazy. Each sidekick has an extra attack and defence. I remember um, a few years ago, we used to play with a guy down at Element called Dave. And his whole thing, he only bought D&D stuff. That's, you know, that was, his love was D&D. And he happened across it, just in ignorant bliss, really. Of, oh, I think I've made a pretty decent team. And it was just like a good characters kind of thing made out of D&D. It was kind of thematic. But he'd put the bard on there. And I remember saying to him the exact words. I was like, you're going to have a really good night tonight. (laughs) (laughs) We might as well give you the promo cards now. You know, I was kind of, you know, but he didn't kind of really, he had a unicorn on there and a tree ant. And (laughs) do you know what I mean? (laughs) He'd built this kind of D&D theme team and just kind of chucked it on because it felt like it was a decent fit for him. And it fit his good, you know, good characters, Mm. good in the D&D sense, good. His good characters team and just wiped the floor with all of us. And that was just a, a... you know, that wasn't even with the optimization of a PXG, an Oracle, an Elf Thief. You know, it was it was just brutal. There you go. And he, he'd just come across it by a happy accident. 
Um, so yeah, Pierre, uh, I remember also at the time that I think it was the Nottingham WKO when it, it was in that period we were playing at Chimera and there was a lot of people turning up with those bar teams and I'd, I'd built my team to do nothing but make it really annoying for bar teams. Uh-huh. I knew I wasn't going to win so I just was like, right, I'm going to make every round for a bar player last 45 minutes and turns without hope of me winning. <laughs> <laughs> just to be that guy because <laughs> I was that I was that peed off with the that's salty yeah with the bardless well I don't know if it was salty that's just I decided to set my own kind of win parameters <laughs> I'm not going to win the event so I'll set my own little you know like Xbox achievements for the day <laughs> yeah alright bard yeah Oh, but, well let's move past the dark memories the dark memories <laughs> the flashbacks yeah yeah so over to you then folks uh what's your favorite overpowered golden card is your favorite overpowered golden card still legal in global escalation and if so have you built a team around it lately is uh, is it working well with some new releases um drop us a line you know all the usual places to get in touch with us and let us know and maybe we'll we'll read your correspondence out in the next episode awesome stuff awesome stuff on to the next segment all right, mate. Okay, I've prepared a top ten for us today. Another top ten. Another top ten. It's been a while, uh, and I've... ages. It has been a while. The last one, well, it wasn't even a proper top ten because I never finished it. I just read out all the shortlist choices for the. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you all know the one I'm talking about. But the Whiskers European Open is coming up, so I just thought I'd get a bit of European buzz going uh, and make it European themed. And I've prepared the top ten Dice Masters characters of a European origin. Nice. Nice. Okay, here we go then. Hit the music. Starting us off at number 10, we have a long-standing enemy of Captain America from Hungarian descent. An expert with a sword, a killer with a firearm, and a brilliant tactician, it's Madame Hydra Viper. Coming in at number 9, he's Germany's own mighty mutant master of magnetism. Check out that alliteration. A UXM character whose debut appearance goes all the way back to the very first issue of X-Men. It's Magneto, will to live. Holding the 8th spot, we have the Irishman with the legendary lungs. For a little while, he was the go-to guy for clearing out weenies or pairing up with that danger room. It's Banshee, the whale of the Banshee. Our 7th entry was a dream pull for Civil War drafters. Our second German on the list, who comes with a classic, unblockable game text, is Baron Zemo, evil leadership. The character sitting at number 6 technically comes from a fictitious Eastern European country, but we've slipped him in anyway. A fan fave from the very beginnings of the game who could ruin the fun of any weenie team is Doctor Doom, Reed Richards' rival. For our next pick, we have the first but not last character of British origin on our list. A staunch, stalwart, rock-solid, immovable force, the bane of anyone foolish enough to try and clear a board. At number 5 is Alfred Pennyworth, MI5. Fourth on our list, you could argue that this next member of our list is actually from a mythical realm. However, he's the freaking Norse god of thunder, so we're claiming him on behalf of Norway. Number four is Thor, a god amongst men. Coming in at number three, this Greek martial artist had her day in the sun as a lovely combo piece with the aggro menace that was Guy Gardner. It's Elektra, way of the stick. The next entry is a personal favourite of mine, the big metal mutant with an awesome capacity for damage output. The perfect card for the lazy fan of direct damage who thinks the attack step is for losers. Our second place is Colossus, Putin. <laughs> That's Putin. 
And at number one, the second Brit on our list and everyone's favourite answer to all your Wenfielded woes, the top spot. Not just for his game text, but because he's a super cool, decked out, retro wizard in a raincoat. Our number one Dice Masters card of European origin is Constantine Hellblazer. There we go then, dear listeners, as all things must, this episode, episode 58 to be precise, has come to an end. What Um, number? 58, episode 58. 58. Ah. Yes. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording it. I don't think we did all that bad bad a job, considering we had to kind of uh, last minute pivot our segment content. Let's let the listeners decide, let us know. If you liked it, drop us a line. If you didn't, well, do you know what? F*** off. <laughs> oh dear. Beep. Yeah, I'll get that dropped in. Well, you know, uh so we we've mentioned a few times get in touch. We love hearing from you guys. We we do particularly enjoy correspondence. So let us know if there's something you want us to discuss, if there's a card you want us to brew around, if there's just a card you want us to chat about, if you'd like to share some thoughts on any of the subjects we've talked about in in this episode, like team building to your strength, what do you think of the 100 games philosophy, or what was your most OP golden card, dirty dice thing you know we, we love hearing from you guys so head on over to britroller6.com hit the contact us button in the top right hand corner or find us on facebook facebook.com forward slash ministry of dice or is it the ministry of dice i think it's the uh, ministry of dice, the ministry of dice yeah. yeah drop us a pm find me on twitter at the brit roller mr six or find me on discord i'm uh, true mr six and i think you're just called andy aren't you uh, yeah i'm just andy yeah we're around we're around get in touch and. drop us a private message uh, let us know if there's anything uh, any segment ideas anything like that uh, don't forget Game vs Cancer when's that again Andy it is November the 3rd where it's Sunday November the 3rd at uh, Southampton's University Garden Court which is part of their students union Kickoff. well doors open at 9 we're, try- we're going to get everything ready so come about half 9 we'll get kicked off at 10 depending on people we'll do Swiss with a top cut so it'll be the first MOD PDM with a top cut and I've said before that I don't like top cuts but we don't have the competitive kind of WKOs to, to to moan about that. So I thought, you know, people don't know how annoying it is unless we do it. Mm. So let's do it. Um, and then we get, we'll get a nice, you know, semi-final and, and final uh, and uh, a winner overall, uh, which will be me. Uh, and then I'll go home with all the prizes. Uh, if you want to stop me doing that, then come along, Mr. Ryder. I'm talking to you. Um, I think Stu's coming for you, you know, and uh, the Angry Viking. I wouldn't be surprised if the Angry Viking's got a few tricks up his sleeve ready to deploy. Who's the Angry Viking? Jacoby. Oh. And the forwards ain't no pushover either. Seth's, um, you know. Okay, well, let's put it another way. How many of them have won a national championship? Um, None of them. Well, there you go. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, come on, I go. If you think you're hard enough, and um, uh, but joking aside, it'd be amazing to see as many people there as possible. I'm looking forward greatly to seeing Stu again and the forwards and um, an angry Viking, which I've never met before, but it'd be lovely to meet uh, Alex uh, to see if he can uh, chip a, a game off of me again. Not going to happen, uh, Mr. Ryder. Is Pembo coming down? Isn't yeah, he's, I think Pembo's coming yeah. and Ollie and uh, all those guys. Yeah. Uh, so a love, lovely community for you to come and join. Uh, so do come along and give money to charity and have fun and meet the 
lesser half of the Ministry of Dice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, damn straight, don't you forget it. <laughs> uh, so do do come along. Looking forward to seeing everyone there. We have got some amazing prices. We got, I reckon, that our prices match, if not better, anything else that's come before. I think that could be argued, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I, even like the the factory sets were released sets, weren't they? When you went to things like US Nats and Worlds. Mm. So, uh, although do you remember that 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 two thousand? Did you see the photo of two thousand fifteen? Uh, one of the prizes, which was just like a massive sheet of super rares. No, I never so, saw that. So, the size of a curtain. Really? Un, uncut super rares. I'll see if I can dig out a photo. Some guy was selling it on eBay a few years ago. They used to do that with Star Wars CCG. Do all Did the sheets, yeah. Just an uncut sheet of them. And it's weird. It's like it's got no value to a game. You know, you can't... Well, I suppose you could sit down very carefully with a pair of <laughs> Yeah, if you were so inclined. Cut, cut, yeah. cut out every single one. Anyway, I've, I've gone off on a way tangent. I can't remember what we're talking about. So, uh, uh, we were just reminding people of upcoming events. The WizKids European Open, folks, is taking place at Irisko in Bratislava, Slovakia. Uh, that kicks off on the 22nd, 23rd and 24th of November, with the main event taking place on the 23rd. But loads of really cool side events taking place through the course of that three-day European extravaganza. Irisko, Irisko, Irisko. Um, other, other than that, that's... Um, yeah, go... Go check out BritRoller6.com. Don't forget we've been putting up uh, YouTube content to take a look at the games uh, that we've been posting. If you're particularly interested, my Team of the Month attempt went up last week. Um, it did. It pulled in another subscription, I believe, when I checked before. We're up to 82 now. Ah, another couple. Yeah. Then. That, that's what uh, your uh, your uh, uploads have done. It's two extra people. So we are 18 away. Remember, I did promise when we got to 100, I'd look in to find that list of subscribers and pick one at random. You will win a signed OART PXG yeah. uh, signed by Eric Lang, not by me, although I can sign it if you request afterwards. <laughs> um, you probably will. So that's all great yeah. stuff. Woo. Um, yeah it, otherwise uh we'll be back in two weeks I mean, oh yeah next episode that's what i was going to say next episode will be after the event won't it yeah oh right hang on let me get my head around this because i was looking at this the other day so this comes out on the 28th this is, this is going to come out on the monday so when is, you're listening this to this on the on the sunday it's going to be gbc yeah so that our next episode the 11th will be the Gaming vs. Cancer special. It will be. I'll be taking be. lots of audio from everyone there. So come and say hi, and I'll interview you for content uh, so that we'll have some stuff to, yeah. to share. Yeah. I, I was just uh, thinking about it, actually. I don't know. Like Our episode after that is due on November the 25th, and that's the day I fly back from Slovakia. Ooh. So we've got two options putting it out there we could could release the episode a day or two late and i could try and get the slovakia stuff turned around super quick like give me something to do on the plane or we'll just do a daft episode on the 25th and make everyone wait until december the 9th for the (laughs) that's quite a long wait isn't it yeah yeah it's because um so 
Should we delay it by a couple of days then? Or should we have this conversation when we finish the podcast? Or how long have we got left to fill? No, I think we've, I think we're probably good and filled. So, uh, yeah, right. we'll be back in two weeks. I've been Chris, a.k.a. True Mr. Six. And I've been Andy, a.k.a. Polo for Wardio from Elemento Game Zone. <laughs> Au revoir, See you later, folks. <laughs> you fool. Knock, knock. Who's there? No, wait a minute. I've done that wrong. <laughs> I just start a knock, knock joke wrong. <laughs> Why did the chicken cross the road? To get to the other side. To get away from the idiot. Where's the idiot? No, I've still messed it up. Never mind. Forget what? it. So what? It's a, it's a knock, knock joke that my little girl tells me that somehow involves going from a chicken joke into a knock, knock joke that ends up with you being the idiot. Why did the chicken cross the road? I don't know. Why did the chicken cross the road? To get to the village idiot's house. Knock, knock. Who's there? The chicken.